this time to uh, to inform you that uh, uh, this morning, based on the advice of the experts in the uh, the British Columbia Fire Service, uh, we have declared a provincial state of emergency uh, regarding the fires that are are currently ongoing in British Columbia. Hi, I'm Nikki Skews. Welcome to my podcast, 54 Degrees North, Climate Chronicles of the Bulkley Valley. For two years in a row, 2017 and 2018, BC had the worst wildfire seasons in history. Last year, there were evacuations from nearby Francois Lake to the east of us and Telegraph Creek to the north, where more than 30 homes were lost. Very few places in BC escaped the smoke. With the sun blotted out from the sky on some days, turning day to night in the middle of August, people kept describing outside as apocalyptic. I think this is when I really started feeling climate anxiety and some despair. Worrying about my children, unable to do exercise outside on the smoky days. I also hoped that these kind of extreme events would finally motivate more climate action. In this episode of 54 Degrees North, the Climate Chronicles of the Bulkley Valley, we'll hear the science and stories about wildfires and extreme weather events. I am Jim Pojar, a forest ecologist who lives in Smithers. Part of the reason for the, the recent really big wildfires of 2017 and 2018 was previous uh, successful suppression of of wildfires. So the, the fuel built up until it was a powder keg ready to explode. And then when the fire, fire weather conditions became extreme as they did in both 2017 and 2018, when there was ignition, those fires burned and, and there was, wasn't much you could do about them. They were going to burn regardless. So climate change contributed to that because one of the consequences of climate change is more frequent and more intense natural disturbances, including wildfires, lightning-caused fires, storms, high-energy storms coming in from the, from the Pacific or from the other direction, like this summer. Lots of thunderstorms. So climate change results in more frequent and more intense natural disturbances, including wind throw because of storms, floods, um, yeah, insect outbreaks. So while the increased severity of the, of the wildfires is also a function of climate change. It's not just climate change, but climate change is a, is a big part of it. One of the things that we always hear about climate change or that we did for the last 30 years was that it wasn't just going to bring warming, but more um, unpredictable and more extreme weather events. And I think we've seen in British Columbia in particular a rise in intensity of wildfires. And so I was just wondering if you could reflect back on the big fire year last year. My name is Rochelle Van Zanten, and I live just outside, just west of Burns Lake, BC. And uh, I was here in the area when the firestorm hit 
last summer. And that was, that was just, I think, trying to think it was just the beginning of August. And so we were just trying to get our hay crop happening. We were a little bit behind the, behind the ball, but um, we had a, a dry lightning go through the area and started up, which started up five forest fires. And we were kind of in the epicenter. Our farm was right in the epicenter of the farm of all these fires. So um, where we get fires every year. So I definitely wasn't really, I was, I, I'm kind of used to this whole situation. It's what happens. It's natural. And, but last year it kind of got a little crazy. We had the South side of Francois Lake evacuated and um, there were two fires on, on the South side and really threatening a lot of homes. We had the entire community evacuated. So our farm took in, a bunch of horses and cows and um, vehicles. And uh, yeah, it was, we, we were definitely feeling, feeling the fear factor. So we saw our friends and family um, coming across the ferry till all hours of the morning, um, evacuating their possessions, their animals and their family. And, um, and then all around us, uh, Fires were spreading and threatening communities, and um, the forest was so dry, like the actual trees standing were drier than a two by four. So it was like explosions of fire. Nothing would stop it. Um, I think it was the first summer where we actually felt the full fear. Uh, all my friends full of fear, begging for help, fleeing, not knowing what to do. And so it was it was a really really crazy summer of flight and flight. And I see even to to this to this day like this year which has been fire free how it has affected the people it was a beautiful thing to see our entire region come together our entire actually country really um coming together to help but at the same time um it it was still devastating and i can see the lasting effects so there's five fires sort of raging around you what was the what was it like to get up in the morning or throughout the day? The majority of the summer was toxic. It, um, it, we were all kind of in a state of, of uh, fear just because we didn't know what the lasting effects would be from breathing in this thick smoke. I think Prince George and Fraser Lake, Fort Fraser got the worst of it. Bandahoof, they, they were living in black, a black sky condition at three in the afternoon. Um, we had a bit of reprieve just because where we are, we had more wind flow and um, but the majority of the days, you couldn't go outside. You couldn't um, exercise. Farm, like we had to put up our hay, and so we had to wear face masks, and we had to pick our berries. Uh, our berries tasted like smoke all winter. It, my my Saskatoon crop was fully tasting like smoke, and so the the like. And I have really sensitive lungs as it is. So it was a really a really rough uh, health health summer. That's for sure. All residents can do is watch crews work to contain the flames that threaten their homes. Complicating things are winds that keep switching directions, but firefighters are making progress. Last year, this part of B.C. dealt with an enormous fire that burned for weeks. In the end, it torched nearly 100,000 hectares. But that fire started in late July, not mid-May. Many of us are concerned. The communities are concerned. All the way around us, central B.C. is definitely... Um, heating up every year. A major factor for this fire is the dry conditions caused by an unusually early heat wave. By week's end, dozens of temperature records were broken over much of the province. 
Experts believe that since this is an El Nino year, it could be just the beginning of a bad fire season. They also add that fires this early in the year are rare but not unheard of. Yeah, yeah. when we look at all of northern BC, like I said at the, the start of the interview, it's a, it's a three-degree increase in 120 years. And the stats for the globe are around the same time period, and it's just under a degree. So trying to keep the globe at a 1.5 degree increase is still probably going to be a three times increase for northern British Columbia. So we're looking at at least four to five degree increase, even if we can keep global emissions at a rate that would keep the global change at about 1.5 degrees. Wow. So really, we really... I mean, we're already seeing some climate impacts in the Bulkley Valley and the Smithers area around forest health and changes in migration patterns and wildfires and droughts. What are, obviously we're gonna have to adapt because this seems like, you know, a trend that, or, or a reality that's here while at the same time, kind of a motivator, I think, to take action. Yeah, I completely agree. The, so that is the historical trends to date and the projections don't give much better of a picture. So uh, climate models for the area are saying for the next 20 to 40 years, um, we could see a further increase of about 3.2 degrees um, and maybe a minor increase at around 7% in precipitation. But with such large increases in temperature, like we've already seen, if you don't have significant amounts of precipitation to compensate for that, you're gonna be dealing with water deficits. Um, and so that can come in the form of drought, moisture stress vegetation, um, stressed out trees that then are more susceptible to pests and diseases. Um, the same with other plants that might be more susceptible to, plant, to, to pests and diseases, stresses in um, local wildlife habitats, increases in invasive species, certainly, of course, an increased uh, fire risk. Um, the northwest part of the province seeing uh, record level fires in 2018 coupled with um, a very, very hot, dry summer and spring and coincidentally winter. So again, moisture deficit seems to be coming more and more of the story for this part of the province and, and that's what um, we need to plan for. I currently sit as the highest ranking chief of the Taiyu clan of the Wet'suwet'en Nation and my English name is John Ridsdale. In regards to climate change and how it affects us pretty much on a daily basis, the weather patterns, the way they've changed, how we would make our plans on when and where and how we look after our territory. This year an example being the amount of thunderstorms, lightning storms that we have. I've never seen so many so compressed into a short period of time. You know, lots of times the lightning storms would start fires. Well, we need fires for us, our propagation of berries. Our culture is to burn for berries. And now, when can we do that? Everything is changing. Your schedules are changing. Your harvesting times are changing. Does this actually mean that even the maturity of the berries, are they changing? I know this year, when we were out berry picking, it went later in the towards the lower part of our territories and 
this time of year, we're into August. You could still go into the high country where it's cooler to get some of your blueberries, your huckleberries. And now that has changed too. Last year, very little berry picking happened. It was so hot that they basically cooked on the vine. This year, we were fortunate with the weather that we had. But again, we have to search, we have to look, we have to know at what elevation to find them. They weren't as plentiful as they could have been. Last year was just a short window. And this year we were out looking with our elders to make sure we can steer them in the right direction of where it is. But we know our patterns have to change because it's not the same places where we used to find them. You know, when they put in certain regulations on uh, fire bands, because of the heat that is here, then uh, the propagation of our berries actually has slowed down. It's been heavily affected by that. When we think about um, the forest fires, the wildfires that have happened last year, this year even to the north of us, it's still happening. But we have to plan on that and the safety of all people as well. But still, when they actually have such impact on the land, that affects us. I know for me, Tutinai, which is a hill just outside of Tulkwa, old Mrs. George, Mary George, she used to intentionally burn that every couple of years, but her berries were always full, they were always healthy, they always came back at the same time. And now for years, we can't burn there. And so now you just see the underbrush is overtaken. The berries don't exist anymore because they've been taken over by underbrush instead of the berries that were there initially. My name is Taylor Backrack. I'm the mayor of Smithers. In addition to reducing greenhouse gases, we need to look at how we can create more resilient communities because we know that these changes are coming in the short and medium term, regardless of what we do. Uh, we saw this last summer in near Burns Lake with the wildfires and the wildfires up near Telegraph Creek. I'm optimistic about the ability of northern BC communities to create the strong social fabric that's required to respond to climate emergencies and these extreme events. And we've seen that time and time again. There's a, a hardiness and a, a, a mutual reliance that is unique to northern communities and northern residents. And during tough times, people come to get together and help their neighbors. It's an incredibly uh, hopeful and um, heartening thing to see, um, even when uh, we're seeing uh, extreme hardship and people losing their properties uh, that sort of thing. Um, there's a, a, a human story of uh, resilience and neighborliness that I think speaks really highly to um, what we have here in the North. My family and I headed out to a burn in May and harvested a couple years worth of morel mushrooms that thrive after forest fires. The landscape was bleak and charred. I really hoped that this wasn't the so-called new normal. But what I learned in this episode, a certain amount of climate change is inevitable. We're already experiencing it, and we have to be better prepared to prevent and help each other when flooding, drought, wildfires, or other extreme weather events impact us. Community response and helping our neighbors will make us all more resilient. Thanks for listening to this podcast of 54 Degrees North, Climate Chronicles of the Bothley Valley. This episode on wildfires and extreme weather has been recorded on the unceded territory of the Wet'suwet'en Nation. Thanks to Wet'suwet'en Community Forest for Grant and Northwest Institute for supporting the creation of this series. Lots of gratitude to Facundo Gastiazoro for the artwork, Los Gringos Salvajes for the music, 
Rochelle Van Zandt for the music and interview. Thanks to CICK Smithers Community Radio for some mentorship and for airing this series. Thanks also to Jim Pojar, Vanessa Ford, Chief Namox, and Taylor Backrack for the interviews. This podcast is produced by Nikki Skuse and edited with much assistance from Pam Hassan. Check out our other episodes chronicling climate impacts and actions in the Bulkley Valley on bugs, salmon, and glaciers. Please rate us and comment where you get your podcasts and feel free to drop us a line at 54degreesnorthpodcast at gmail.com. That's 54degreesnorthpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks.